been in a series of the last few weeks called Crosswords. And each week we've been looking at a word that describes either a truth about the cross of Jesus or uh, describes what God is trying to do in us or through us, uh, through the cross. And uh, last week um, I talked about the word forgiveness. And I've got to be honest with you, I wasn't prepared for just the outpouring of response to, to that message. Um, just a lot of people uh, kind of opening their hearts and lives saying, I, I, I really want to believe I can be forgiven uh, and in the grace of God. Others who, you know, were saying, I, I, I've really struggled to allow God's forgiveness to flow through me, uh, to forgive other people. Um, but the interesting piece um, is how many people responded in their cards to me about having a hard time forgiving themselves. Um, when I collected all the cards last week and I'm being read through them before my prayer time, um, I, was, I was just blown away that some 90% of the cards, even if they had other names on there, also had the word me or myself on there. And, um, and that's one of the reasons I think this series is so important. Look, look me in the eye for a second. I just want you to hear this from a bottom card. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been, and I don't care what you've done or how long you've done it. God's grace is greater than all of our sin. Amen. And I understand that one of the challenges is being, willing, being able to forgive ourselves for the things that God has forgiven us for. And I just want to say, if you weren't here, if you didn't, weren't here for the message, if you didn't see that, if you didn't part of that, we have that online. Please go and watch it or listen to it. And please know, if you, if you need some help on the journey with this, if you'd like to talk a little bit about this some more, please feel free. Contact us here at the office. We'd love to sit down with you and help you experience God's great forgiveness for yourself and being able to apply that to your own life. Amen. Yeah. Today I want to look at a, uh, a topic that I've never, I've never preached on uh, this topic as a topic before, um, and, but yet it's so important that we understand. And let, and let me frame it this way. I want you to repeat out loud after me. It's all level ground at the foot of the cross. Let me do it again. It's all level ground at the foot of the cross. There are one of two extremes that we tend to move to sometimes in this walk of faith. One is the extreme that um, I'm so bad I can't be forgiven. Um, I've done so much I, I, could never, I could never be, God's grace could never cover me. The, the other extreme is I really don't need God's forgiveness. I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good gal. I, I've never done anything really wrong, and, and I really don't need that. And, and both of those are lies because it really is all level ground when it comes to the cross. When mankind sinned, sin entered the world, and we had no ability to save ourselves. And yet God, in his grace, reached out to us. Does that make sense to you? I mean, our arms weren't long enough to, you know, knock on the door of heaven and, and talk to God. And so God reached out. And in Genesis chapter 12, what you see is God reaching out to a man named Abram. And he decides to establish again a covenant with the people on earth. 
And he calls Abram, and through Abram's family, God begins to develop this relationship, this covenant relationship. He wanted to reveal who he was and what he was about. And this was the beginning of what we know as the Jewish nation. And if you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is all about Jewish history. It's about how God began with Abraham and then generation to generation, he revealed himself through his commandments and, and through his laws and, and through his revelation and, and through the ways that he performed. And, and it was all moving forward to the coming of Christ. Now, one of the things that happened along the way was that the Jewish people, a lot of them began to be filled with pride. They began to think, we are the chosen people. You know, the rest of the world, they're, they're all scumbags. You know, they don't, they, don't get, they don't get in on God. And they really didn't know that God's heart was for the whole world. Amen? His heart was for the whole world. And so when Christ came, if you can imagine all these people who had been a part of this Jewish faith that had thought of themselves so special, now we're hearing about this guy, Jesus, that being Jewish isn't enough. Now there's one more thing, <laughs> and it's salvation through Jesus Christ. And Paul was trying to mediate this to help both Gentiles and the Jews understand that there's only one, and his name is Jesus so we find in Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with me. We're going to read this from the New Living, Tra New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 2, by the way, there are Bibles in the pews in front of you. Those are our gift to you. If you need a Bible, please feel free to take one of those home. Or if you have a friend that needs one, take one for them. Happy to give that to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Read it with me, church. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. All of a sudden with the coming of Christ and dying on the cross, there was no Jew or Gentile. There were only people of God or those who were not people of God. And Paul was trying to help them understand this was God's plan from the very beginning. In fact, remember how we talked about God came to Abram and he says he wants Abram to leave and he's gonna, he's gonna do this new thing through him and he tells him how he's gonna bless him. Look at, look at on your outline, Genesis chapter 12 and verse three, as God is speaking to Abram way back then, he says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Now read it out loud. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Did you catch that? All the family, in other words, from the very beginning in establishing this, God knew what he was going to do. He had a plan. His redemption wasn't just for one line of family. It was to be offered to the entire world. Once again, say it out loud with me. It's all level ground at the foot of the cross. Now, let me, let me talk about what that means. Let me give you a few thoughts. You ready? Here we go. We talk about this word equality. We all suffer from the same disease of sin. We all suffer. You, me, everyone in this room, and everyone around the world, we all suffer from the same disease. And it's a real important understanding to come to. You see, the Jewish people used to say, oh, he's a sinner. 
And they would shy away from, kind of like, how many of you when you were growing up, either with your siblings or somebody when you were in grade school or something, they had cooties? You remember that? They got cooties. Oh, they got cooties. Oh, oh, they got cooties. They got cooties. Oh, somebody's got cooties. Look at me. We all have cooties. Turn to the person you're sitting beside and say, you got cooties. Come on, tell them. Yeah, Chuck doesn't believe it. Tell him, Julie. Tell him. You got cooties, Chuck. <laughs> you got cooties, man. Yeah, and that's what, that's what Paul was trying to help everybody understand. You, you think you're okay, but you don't. You've got these cooties of sin, and it's got to be dealt with. Look at the passage of the Scripture. Don't take my word for it. Romans 5, 12, Paul said, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, and so death spread to who? Everyone for Everyone sin. Now circle those words, everyone. 3.23, he radiates this again. Read it with me. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. Notice those words, everyone, all. One more passage from Romans 3.10. As the scriptures say, read it with me, no one is righteous, not even one. Look at me. I don't care how good you've been since the day you were born. You're still a sinner. Sin is a disease. It came into this world through Adam and it has been spread to all of us. And all of us have to deal with this disease of sin. Yeah, when I was, I was processing this and, and I, I was realizing how kind of this was a foreign concept to kind of how I grew up and what I was taught, and I realized there, there are a few, and I, I listed three, three myths that we believe about sin. Here, here's the first one. And that one is that sin is measured by how big it is. That sin is measured by how big it is. It was, you know, when you think, well, well, that's sin, but, you know, I, I've, never, I've never done anything really bad. Or, you know what, you know, I have my faults, but at least, least I'm not like him. It's kind of like the, uh, the and, and Jesus tells the story about the, you know, the publican and, the, you know, the, the Pharisee and the, sin, the sinner there at the temple. And, the, you know, the, the publican says, you know, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like that sinner. I, I do this and I do that, but at least I'm not like this guy over here. And Jesus said, the other guy says, Lord, you know, he can't even lift his face toward heaven and said, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. And Jesus said, you know, it's this guy who's going home right before God. You see, we, we, we want to we we have, have salvation by comparison. And we, we want to say, well, I've never done that or I've never done that. And so I've never done any of the big things. But so you know what? That means I'm good. No, no, no. You still got it. Let me, let me illustrate it for you this way. Throw that picture up on the screen. Anybody want to tell me what disease that little boy has? Anybody? Who said measles? Good, good call, Bob. That's, that little boy has measles. Throw that next picture up. What does that little child have? It's also measles. This is the trick. <laughs> Throw the next picture up. What does that child have? He doesn't have measles. He has rubella. 
I'm saying, get, get, it's measles. I'm lying. It's measles. It's measles. Uh, rubella is measles, isn't it? I know what it's called. Yeah, it is measles. Now, I want, I want you to now walk, go, back, go back to that first picture on that. I want you to notice this, then next, throw the next one up, and then this, throw the next one up, and then this. Do you see the various manifestations of this disease? You see, the one child had it very lightly, and the other one kind of had it scattered, and the third child, he was covered in it. But it doesn't matter. They all have the same disease. And that's true of us. You, you see, sin may not manifest itself here or like this or like that, but we still carry the same disease of sin. Amen? Amen. It doesn't matter how big it is. Second myth that we believe is that by doing good makes up for my sin. That doing good can make up for my sin. Well, yeah, you know, Pastor Steve, I, I know I sin sometimes, but you know, I do more good than bad. That's wonderful. That still doesn't cure the disease. You see, a lot of times people feel guilty and they start doing all kinds of good things to try to make up for the bad that, they, that, that, that they've done. And you can do all the good that you want to, but it still doesn't cure that disease inside of you. Here's the really sad news. You can't do enough good to make up for the sin that's in your life. That debt is too big. <laughs> You, you might have seen this in the news. This is uh, like three years ago this happened. Throw that picture up on the screen. That's a, uh, an Italian car, very expensive car. It's called a Panini. Um, it's got a, a purple carbon fiber frame on this thing. Um, sells for about $3.4 million. How many of you have one of those in your garage? Yes. So you have to. And uh, throw that next picture up on the screen. This is a boy named Gage, a teenager who ha had a, has a, a very rich father who has a panini, and this is Gage. Gage is a kind of a YouTube star, <coughs> like to take videos of himself. This is Gage taking his father's car out of the garage to take it for a ride so that he can show off on YouTube. Throw that next picture up on the screen. This is what happened when Gage drove his father's $3.4 million car. Now, just a question. How much grass do you think you have to cut to make up for that? How, how many times do you have to take out the trash to, to cover that fiasco? You know, how, how many good deeds would Gage have to do to make up for his stupidity? Can we just agree together? There's not enough good deeds that he can do, and that's what I want you to get. You see, the bad news is you can't do enough good deeds to make up for your sin. The good news is you don't have to. Because Christ paid our debt for us. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one third myth. A third myth is that the sins of attitude aren't as bad as sins of action. <laughs> this is what I grew up with. Sins of attitude aren't as bad as sins of action. You know, when I, when I was growing up in a very conservative church back in Ohio, we, you knew what sins were. Because they told you every week what sins were. 
You know, sins is, if you, if you cuss, that's sin. If you drank, that's sin. If you smoked, that's sin. If you did drugs, that's sin. If you go to dances, that's sin. If you play cards, that's sin. If you go to movies, that's sin. In fact, the bottom line was, if it was fun, it was sin. You just kind of look at the way it was. If you date a girl who's not a believer, that's a sin. I mean, they spelled it out like, what's interesting is how little they talked about sins that were on the inside. Sins of the heart or sins of attitude. Now, I wanna tell you, Jesus camped on this stuff. Yes, those things, those kinds of behaviors are sin, but Jesus said, it is so much more than that. In fact, throw that passage up on the screen for me. Mark 7, 15, Jesus, this is the words of Jesus. He said, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled for what comes from your, your heart, your heart. And if you go through, the, go through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes it real clear because these Pharisees who, who had all of this ugliness on the inside, you know, did everything right on the outside. Jesus said, you guys are like really pretty caskets. How would you like to be called that? You're like a casket. You're really beautiful on the outside, but you know what? Inside, you're full of dead men's bones. He, he, he would get in their face and he would say, you know, it's written, don't commit adultery. But I'm going to tell you that if you're, if you're lusting after someone in your heart, you're already committing adultery. Jesus said, it's, it's been written, you, you should not commit murder. But I'm going to tell you, if, if you're harboring anger towards someone, you've already committed murder. Please don't miss this. You see, sin is in here before it comes out here. And we have to understand that sometimes some of these things that we have on the inside are just as ugly as the behavior that we see people commit. When you look at through scripture, you, when you begin to discover the things that God really had a hard time with, he'll start off with things like pride, like selfishness, like greed, like resentment. He starts with all of that stuff for, and he camps on that for a long time. And the reason is, is because sin begins in here. Does that make sense? We all suffer from the same disease of sin. But here's the good news. We are all dependent on the same cure for sin. We're all dependent on the same cure. And that's what Paul was getting at in, in, his, in his letter to the Ephesians. He said, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or, or a Gentile. It doesn't matter if, you're, if your sin is in here or if it's out here. It, it, it doesn't matter how your disease of sin manifests itself. There is one cure, and his name is Jesus. Look at the passage of Scripture. When we're talking about sin entering the world through Adam, Paul says, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. Listen to this. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes people will say, well, it's not my fault Adam sinned. How can I be held accountable for what Adam did? That's not fair. Well, maybe not. But it's not fair that Jesus, who lived a perfect life, died instead of you. 
That's not fair either. God corrected what happened with Adam through the man, Jesus Christ. First Timothy 2, Paul says, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. Who is it? The man, Christ Jesus. Read it with me. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone, everyone. Romans 3.22, read it out loud with me. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Doesn't matter, Paul says, that's the same cure. First John 2.2, 2, read it out loud. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sin, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Look at me. I don't care if your sins, if, you're, if God is convicting you this morning, and you go, man, Pastor Steve, I think I've got some sin on the inside. I've got an attitude of the heart. I don't care if you've, if you've done some big things, things that no one knows about, things you hope no one ever finds out. Biggie's out there. It's all cured the same way, only through Jesus. Does this make sense to you? He's the cure. When I was in, uh, when I was pastoring in Phoenix, I got a call one day. I was out playing golf on my day off, and I looked down at my phone, and it was a, a guy in my church um, that I knew had season tickets to see the Phoenix Suns NBA basketball team. And, uh, and living in Phoenix, I followed the Suns, and I was a big Steve Nash fan and all this kind of stuff. And every once in a while, he'd call me up, and he would take me to a game. And I was always excited because he had pretty good seats. And he called, and I'm going, I'm all excited. I'm picking up, hey, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And uh, he, he says, hey, Steve, uh, you, you got anything going on tonight? I said, whatever I've got going on tonight, I just canceled it. What do you got? And he said, hey, I've got, uh, I've got tickets to the, to the game tonight if you'd like to go. And I said, I would love to go. He said, but they're not my seats. And my heart kind of sank because I love the game. And I, if I'm not close where I can really watch the game, I don't, I don't like to be up in the nosebleed because I can't really see the game and I want to be in the game. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, I got to be nice and I got to say, okay. And I said, oh, okay, well, where are they? He goes, they're courtside. I'm like, dude. I said, yes, yes, yes. I said, how, how did you get seats like that? He goes, I know a guy. I know a guy. Anybody ever been courtside with a game like this? You know, it's such an, I'd never, I mean, I grew up poor, man. We didn't, I never, couldn't even afford to go anything. And here I am going to this game. I was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, they've got, they have these special, when you have courtside seats like that, they have food that you can get. I mean, we go in here and it's like prime rib and, you know, anything that you want to eat. And it's all part of the, you know, it's all part of the deal. It's all free, free with the, free with your $10,000 ticket on the courtside, you know. And, uh, and, I, I'm in, and there's all these celebrities and these people wearing Super Bowl rings and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm walking around in there like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And all, all the, it was the most phenomenal experience of my life, all because he knew a guy. Ah, don't mess us. Do you understand that is the only way that any of us will ever get to experience the joy of heaven? It's because we know a guy. We can't afford the ticket to heaven. We can't afford the experience that God wants to give. It is so far beyond. We are poor compared to what it takes to get there. Oh, here's the deal. But you don't have to. Because when you know Jesus Christ, guess what, church? You know a guy. 
and he gets us in. Amen? Ooh, courtside with God. Now that's a ticket. That's a ticket for you. Let me, let me give you one, one, one last piece. It, it hit me when I was, um, when I was processing this idea of, of sin and equality, how often we, we think of sin as action. And how many people along the way, and, and I have to say even in my own journey at times, where, where we, we want to be forgiven of our past, but that's really kind of all we want. And, and here's what I want to say. Christ came to change who we are, not just forgive what we've done. Let me say that again. Christ came to change who we are, not simply forgive us for what we've done. Now, this is real important. Because a lot of people, when this idea of, of Christ's forgiveness, you know, I've, I know I've done a lot of bad things, and I want God to forgive all of that. Yeah, but do you want your life to be different? You know, so often we, 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 we don't want that. I, I, was, I was reading an article and it, had, it was talking about re- repeat offenders and it was telling the story about this, this guy who got pulled over in Arizona because he was driving real erratically and, and when, the cop, when the deputy got up to the side of the car, his guy was covered in marijuana leaves, you know, and um, he, got a, he was a canine officer, so he got his dog out, started assuming, but he found a cardboard box with not only marijuana, but all kinds of drug paraphernalia and a gun and blah, 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 blah all the stuff in it. And then when he pulled the guy's back, this guy had only been released from prison, are you ready for this, one hour earlier. One hour after doing 15 years in prison. He'd been out for one hour right back to the very same stuff that got him into prison. And I thought, you know, that's, that's so much how we are sometimes. We, we, want God, we want God to forgive us of that, but let me do what I want going forward. Look at me, that doesn't work. Because God wants to do more than just forgive your past, gang. He wants to change us from the inside out. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone. All things become new. Amen? I love, we miss this sometimes in in Acts chapter 2 when Peter was preaching. Peter said, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. And we're like, yes, that's what I want. I want the forgiveness of my sin. But listen to what Peter says. He says, then you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and those who are far away. What was Peter saying? Peter's saying, here's the good news. You, you can, yes, you can confess your sin. You can be baptized, a statement of your public faith, and you can get that rid of your past. But God wants to do one other thing. He wants to put the essence of himself inside of you. He wants to change who we are. Pastor Steve, how do I know if... I'm really letting that Holy Spirit have his way in me. Well, Paul says this in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Read it with me, church. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, how many of you got a little bit of stuff to go home and work on today? You see, I'm so grateful for the forgiveness of God and what he can do with my past. But I am just as excited about the fact that I don't have to be held bondage by sin. That I can live a victorious life by living and walking in the powerful presence of the Spirit of God. Amen.
One more time. Repeat after me. It's all level ground at the foot of the cross. I'm going to invite my prayer partners to go ahead and come on up and be here at the front for me. Rachel's going to lead us in a song, and after she finishes the song, I want to, I want to pray. But we would like to be able to, to pray for you and any of the things that you are going through, any of the things that you are struggling with. Pat, do you mind helping us with the prayer partner this morning? I don't know if God spoke to you today and there's just something you need to give over to God or I don't know if there's something else going on in your life that you would just like someone to agree. Here's what I know. Where two or three gather together in my name, I'm there. And our God is here for healing, for forgiveness and grace, for strength, for comfort, for peace. And today, I just want you to invite you at this time just to open your heart to what God wants to do in you. And if we can pray with you over anything that you're walking through, we would count it a privilege to do that. You feel free to come and hit one of us up right here in the front, and we'll pray with you while Rachel leads us. Our Father, today we openly confess that every single one of us suffer from the same disease. It's the disease of sin. It's manifested itself in lots of different ways in our lives, from everything from attitudes on the inside to behavior on the outside, but it's the same disease. How thankful we are that though mankind did not have a cure for that disease, you provided one through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your word says if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I thank you for that, and I pray for every single person who's watching online, anyone who's here, who maybe today, Lord, are lifting their hearts to you, saying, I need that grace, I need that forgiveness. Lord, wash over them with your mercy to lay. Put your arms around them. Let them know, Lord, that your grace is enough for whatever their past might be. But Father, do one more thing. For all of us who are opening our hearts to you, would you breathe into us the power and presence of your Holy Spirit? Lord, we don't want to just be forgiven. We want to be transformed. So help us, oh God. Help us to walk in the power of your spirit. When we read those list of fruits from the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Lord, we're humbled because we know that sometimes we're not bearing all the fruit that you want in our life. And so today we surrender before you Breathe into us what we need to bear that kind of fruit. Have your way in us. Lord, we want to be like Paul, who who said, I am constantly being changed into the likeness of Christ with an ever-increasing glory. And Father, we know that we don't get there all at once, but we pray that day by day, we will be more of the men and women of God that you have called us to be. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time we've had together in your presence. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, amen. 